When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Sunday, December 13th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 386 featuring Boston Herald Celtics Beat writer Mark Murphy is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today for your exclusive sign-up bonus. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another edition of Celtics Beat with Boston Herald, longtime NBA writer. Of course, covers the Celtics, and he's so damn good at it. Mark Murphy, along with Evan Valenti, the producer of this program. I am Adam Kaufman, and the regular season is not far away. Coming up in just a couple of weeks, not even. And, of course, preseason play for the Celtics beginning in days. Tuesday, the first of two preseason days. And here we sit, just a few pawns hanging out. Talking Celtics basketball. <laughs> How are you guys? Uh, uh, it makes me want to go watch Queen's Gambit, you know? <laughs> I haven't started yet. Is it good, Mark? Is it good? Bud's the best. Okay. It, it, it'll, it'll suck you into a series-long binge. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm trapped back in time. I'm, I'm binging the West Wing on Netflix before it disappears <laughs> on Christmas Day. I've got about a season and a half left, and I'm, and I'm gold at that point. You can do it. So that, it's have, yeah, it's I on. Have, Not a lot of sleep. I have never watched that show. Oh what? well, neither 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 had what? I. Neither had really? I, and I decided a I don't know a couple months back, whatever it was, because it's it's like 160 episodes or something. It's yeah. time to give it a go because I I yeah. love Sorkin, and I have been enjoying every second of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. He he uh, he wrote the Social Network, right? Yeah. Because yeah, did, did the I just saw that. I just time. saw that for the first time, so I'm I'm really. <laughs> you're, you know, you're up to date. You're up. To, you're very current, Mark. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I promise it won't all be TV and movie reviews here. Although we will get to some of it. <laughs> uh, some more on the way. Maybe some Kyrie Irving talk because I know people who listen to this show love when we spend some time on Kyrie Irving, especially now that he's no longer a Celtic. But how could we resist? But we'll do that later. Let's start with sure. all things Boston, of course, and. Uh, Mark, before we even talk specifically about some of the players, the team stuff to come out of, uh, you know, obviously all these Zoom press conferences, that's kind of where I want to begin. I mean, what is what's the job been like for you doing everything over Zoom? And and there's, you know, there's no one on one media availability anymore. You can't, you know, nudge up to a guy in the locker room and try and come away with that great nugget for your own special piece obviously you've been at it a long time you have contacts you have relationships so you know you're ahead of the game compared to some who are newer but still this alternate reality of covering a a sports team it's got to be strange it's all remote it's all um it's going to be strange seeing a game in person when we go for that first exhibition game in the garden next week uh you know but even then it's going to be an empty gym but yeah we'll we'll be there and we'll still be zooming so yeah, that 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 part is really bizarre. I mean, you have to make phone calls. You have to uh, rely on your contacts a little more if you want to get something original. That's 
that's the way it goes. So all the reporters like yourself, you guys will all be in the garden for those first couple preseason games and, and obviously start to the regular season. Yeah, yeah. And there's no, you know, media isn't traveling. Maybe in a couple of instances that'll change, but, you know, there's not supposed to be any travel until mid-March anyway, the halfway point. It seems like in listening to these players, uh, I know they've only been back at the garden for a couple few days at this point, but just to be back in there for the first time since March, granted empty gyms, they're just practicing, no games as of yet, but everyone seems to really be uh, embracing just the opportunity to be in familiar confines. Yeah, um, but it's a little different too. Like uh, Jeff Teague said, I believe it was two days ago, that it was a little tougher to just blend in with people just because everything's such a rush. Um, You know, he's trying to learn the system on the fly. He's trying to learn his teammates on the fly. And with with Kemba Walker out until January, he's going to play a big role. You know, is he the guy right right out of the get? You know, right, right out of the so. shoot. I mean, what's the I starting so. five look like with these injuries? At, the starting at the five, Stevens has indicated he's going to continue to go small. So, you know, you'll see it'll be what you got last year. It'll be Tice, Tatum, Jalen, Smart, and uh, my hunch is Teague. Hmm. Well, I know Evans yeah. all in on the hospital Celtics. Well, I am. I am now in the hospital Celtics. So with Peyton Pritchard dislocating his finger the other day, it's just another add another one to the list. But, you know, I, I thought of the starting five, and I had Chris Grenamon last week uh, from Forbes, and we talked a little bit about the starting five. And I actually, because of Teague's, like, he's green to this offense, right? He's not a guy that's been locked in with Stevens. You, you know, he's you're throwing him into the fire, so to speak. And some guys learn really well that way. Some guys don't. So with that being said, you know, I was always kind of curious with the lineup of Smart, Brown, Tatum, Tice. But instead of Teague, I go a different direction. I pivot to Grant Williams, who I think right. is is a guy that gives you a little bit more size, a little bit more experience in terms of familiarity with the team over Teague, um, but gives you some switchability on the defensive side. And, and if that three-point shot that we saw during the bubble and into the playoffs – you know, can sustain itself. He's a pretty valuable piece out there being the, you know, fourth, fifth option that spreads the floor offensively and defensively can switch, you know, we'll call it, you know, two through four. You know, I'm not sure if you want him on point guards all the time. And, I, and I'm pretty positive you don't want him in a traditional center. But those in between wing guys, I think he can you know, handle himself pretty well. I think the starting five is up for debate. But, you know, if, if, if Stevens wants to go with Teague, go smaller instead of Williams. I don't think I really have a problem with that because they're going to change pretty quickly anyway, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's talking about multiple ball handlers. I mean, you know, as you saw with those Brad Wanamaker rotations, he can never get enough ball handlers on the floor. Um, And it's going to depend on the matchup. I mean, what's going to be different in this first exhibition game is obviously Embiid who they've had a problem with, but they don't, they don't have Tristan Thompson anyway. So I think they're going to continue to go small, but the the Grant Williams idea is a good one. I mean, especially since he's going to be a better three-point shooter than he was last year. You yeah, know, exactly. I was gonna get, that was 20. just the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, what, 0 for 25 or whatever it was? Yeah, it was, it was yeah. rough last year. But then he made like 25 straight in the bubble, so it all evened out. So he's like Marcus Smart. He's streaking. (laughs) Exactly. 
Since uh, I was going to get to this guy later, but since you brought him up, Tristan Thompson, obviously there's there's already this love affair, as predicted, by the way. I, I've, I've wanted to see Tristan Thompson on the Celtics for years. There's this love affair between he and not only the organization, but with the fans, but, you know, endearing himself, referencing Kendrick Perkins that first time that he talked to the media and, you know, laying the wood and talking about the, uh, you know, wanting to be a bigger Marcus Smart when, in fact, like, this is the guy with the championship who's been in the league for X number of years and played with LeBron James. Smart's still the, the you know, young guy comparatively anyway, young vet, obviously, but compared to Thompson, he's been in the league half the amount of time, but he's, you know, wants to model his game or, or his, uh, you know, aggressiveness and, and grit and physicality and things of that sort you know, in the paint versus obviously what Smart does everywhere all over the floor. It was a, yeah. a great shout out that people loved. And then, you know, the tweet surfaced from 2010 talking about rooting mm-hmm. on my Celtics because he was such a Kevin Garnett fan. Uh, this guy just seems like he's going to be such a great fit to me. So I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. But on top of that, talking about the injury, do we know any yeah. sort of timetable or estimate for when he's going to be available? Well, first it was that, um, well, he he may not be back until the end of training camp. Now it's, well, I don't know if he's going to make it for the season opener, which is a pretty good indication he won't be there for the season opener or Christmas Day. He's got a lot of work to do because he hasn't played since last spring. Mm -hmm. He didn't play in the bubble. Right. Yeah. So he's coming back from a hamstring and he's going to be rusty. So, you know, that's going to take some time. Uh, maybe you don't see him until Kemba comes back. How about his fit, you know, beyond the I think, obvious? In, in I think he's a great, pick, but personality-wise. Oh, personality-wise, he's, uh, you know, Teague was talking about this the other day, just how he's noticed how he helps young guys. And uh, that's what he's going to be. You know, this team has so many people who need a little direction. Rob Williams, I mean, Mm-hmm. It'll be invaluable having him with Rob Williams. Um, but they haven't had an offensive rebounder like this in how long? I mean, well, Kendrick an offensive rebound is good to a whole lot else. You no, know? No, no. <laughs> and and some of the finishes sometimes would be a little questionable yeah. too. But but this but this guy, you know, he, he roll he can he rolls to the rim. I mean, he knows all those little things, what to do off a of pick, handoffs. I mean, he'll be he'll 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 help move the ball. Um and I think they're gonna be a better team for that. I mean the the question is, do you still start Tice? I think they're gonna start Tice at least initially. And mm-hmm. this guy would bring incredible energy off the bench. Well, like you, you said, it's 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 the process of of getting Thompson comfortable out of the shoot right, too. Right, right, yeah. And and he's such you know he he's known for being such a great teammate that mm-hmm. you know I have no doubt. The, the the problem is he's getting older. Even if he's only twenty nine, that's an old twenty nine. Yeah, so some wear and tear what, on that body. Some deep yeah. postseasons. So how long does it take him to come back from this injury? That's my question. I've seen guys like this before who have arrived and you never really see them the rest of the year. I mean, there is that that happens. I'm, maybe I'm thinking a ways back, but Theo Ratliff is the one that sticks out in my head. He mm. was a great big addition and tw- 
I forget the injury, but he did it in the second game of the season, and that was it. They never had him again. So you got to be really careful with a guy like this too. Yeah, it's it's about managing. Him and Kemba are going to be the guys that you manage. But you talk about like there just seems to be a respect factor for for Thompson. I mean, he talked about how you know uh, uh, Brown and Tatum have both spent time trying to recruit him to get him on the team. You know, Brad and I think maybe even Danny's talked about how they try to get Tristan for years and right. how he's been something they've gone after. And you know, just it, you talk about all the things that he brings to the table. The experience that I mean, last year, last postseason, all you heard is about you know the Celtics need a, a real you know gray beard vet on the team that can show them mm-hmm. how to win. Now you know Thompson's twenty nine, but again, when you've gone you know to the NBA Finals as many times as he has with LeBron James, you just know you know some things that some people aren't privy to. You know, you just have mm-hmm. that. His defensive stuff is going to be really special. I think when when they, if if Thompson's fully healthy and they get their best defensive unit on the floor, and that's going to include four of Brown, Smart, Tatum, and Thompson. I'm not sure who the fifth guy is yet, but that's a scary defensive team that you know Brad's going to lean on a lot because Brad, you know, at his core mark, is a defensive coach first. Yeah, and that's the kind of combination that you can take a guy like Kemba and put him in, and you can probably cover for him. So you can play a weaker defensive player with a group like that, you know, and keep the scoring going. But, yeah, that's – Grant, Grant, I'm really curious about seeing more of because he's he showed so much in the bubble. I think he's going to be an improved player this year. I think you're going to see something else. There was some talk that he had a low ceiling, but I don't know. I think I think you can see a lot more out of him. I just want to care about his favorite for sure. Yeah, that absolutely true. The uh, on on Grant too. Before I even get to Jeff T, he seems to. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't help but laugh a little bit. Some of these quotes that are coming out, obviously he got the, you know, some of the young guys, Neesmith, Pritchard, the rookies to, you know, play his, uh, his board Catan. game, whatever it is that he settles of Catan, baby. It's a great yeah. game. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll take it from you guys, but he's playing it, you know, calls the, the rookies, a couple of young nerdy guys. I can't help but wonder, are, are they young and nerdy or are they just, well, he wants us to play. Like, what are he, what are we going to do? Say no to him? Like, all right, <laughs> of course we're well, going to play. It sounds like Pritchard knew exactly what he was doing. Is that right? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Pritchard won the first game, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. He won yeah. a game. He won yeah. a game. That's great. Yeah. It reminds me of the, well, it reminds me of the story, the Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown story that when they, you know, when Jalen was first working out pre-draft, they, he, he was working out with Jimmy Butler. And, you know, I asked Jalen at, at the press conference, like, how did those games go? He goes, well, somebody won the first game, indicating I think Jalen won to three. But Jimmy Butler was like, <laughs> I don't lose to rookies in 21, so we're going to keep playing it. <laughs> and I think Jalen eventually, yeah. eventually got his ass kicked by Jimmy Butler. Yeah. But I think, I think, you know, that first initial, like, oh, okay, this is, so I think maybe that was a similar thing. Like Pritchard comes out swinging, and then Grant's like, "All right, hang on a minute. Like we got to. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to take it easy on you guys. Let's 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 really play here. So yeah. it could well, be a similar between that, that. You know, Rondo with Connect Four way back in the day. It's right. Something yeah. about Celtics right. players and board right. games and stuff. I mean, oh, I saw Rondo, uh, Doc's youngest son Spencer, tried yeah. posting up Rondo when they were goofing around one time. Rondo like swatted the ball into the tenth row. <laughs> Right in front with Doc standing there. And I won't tell you the name he called Spencer after he locked it. Oh, 
Oh, I wonder what good. Doc's reaction was. It must have been priceless. Doc, Doc, Doc uh, took it with a straight face, which is like uh, him again, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was starting to bring up Jeff Teague. What kind of impact early are we going to get from Jeff Teague? And, and not just early, obviously, during whatever Kemba Walker absence exists, but, you know, like first half of the season it's you know we know that or at least we imagine he's going to be an upgrade over brad wanamaker for a variety of reasons most especially the offensive side of his game but this is a guy that you know maybe he starts early like we talked about maybe he doesn't i don't brad is harped on this that doesn't really matter you know he in fact brad seems to the more he's asked about who's starting the more annoyed he seems to be by it it's all about the rotation who is playing and you know whether you're coming off the bench 30 seconds, 60 seconds, two minutes in versus mm-hmm. getting the, uh, you know, the, the starting nod, who cares? You're going to play. You're going to play your right. consistent minutes. Is Teague a guy that's going to give you, I don't know, 15 points a game? Or am, am I expecting too much? I think he'll feel his way out first. I mean, he's, he's going to – I think he's going to be very deferential at first to Tatum and Brown, uh, making sure that he gets them the ball – where they need it, but he, I mean, he's, he's, I like the idea of him taking an open jump shot and I think he'll get Mm -hmm. a lot of those, Um, you know, smart's going to demand his, although maybe they'll tone that down a little bit. Um, (laughs) They haven't started yet. (laughs) I'm going to say no on that, but that's okay. (laughs) But but Teague, I mean, Teague, uh, honestly, I didn't see him with Atlanta last year. His numbers dropped significantly once he got traded. He was he had a couple of 30-point games in Minnesota, so he can theoretically anyway still score. Mm. Um, you know, and he's he's more aggressive than Wanamaker. You know, he'll he'll drive it. Maybe he's lost a little of his quickness, uh, but you know, he does know how to get to the rim. One quick break here just to tell you NFL football, obviously, continuing today and throughout the week here. A few surprise teams at the top of the standings. It'll be something fun to watch here down the stretch, final quarter of the year. You might not be at a game this year, be it NBA or otherwise, obviously, certainly NFL. It doesn't matter. You can still be in on the action with Bet Online. NBA title odds are out, folks, to start the season. The Lakers, the defending champs, favorites to repeat again at plus 260. In fact, I would argue they've gotten better since we last saw them in the bubble, which is a scary thought. Then you have the Bucks trying to do whatever they can to keep Giannis around. Plus 650, that is the same as the Nets, which is ludicrous to me because I don't think that team is going to do anything near a championship, but that's another story. Maybe we'll get to it later. The Clippers, plus 675, without, of course, Doc Rivers now. Sixers at plus 1,400. They do have Doc, along with Daryl Morey, and who knows, maybe James Harden in the future. Celtics, they're on the list, folks, plus 1,800. Same with the Heat. Those two teams matched up, as we know, in the conference finals last year. No matter how schedules change or players that play, BetOnline is going that extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online. Head to BetOnline today. Take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So as we continue on here with Mark Murphy from the Boston Herald, Evan Valenti, Adam Kaufman, obviously. The uh, w- one thing I, I want to make sure we have time to really delve deep into this if we want to, but something Evan and I were talking about before the show, Mark, Evan had brought it up. I know he had uh, started, we were 
texting about this last year, last season, you know, many months ago, just the, are we at a point now where clearly this is Jason Tatum's team? Nobody's going to dispute that. The contract says it as well. And obviously what he did from February on and into the bubble last year, he's, he is an elite player. He is not a superstar yet, but he's on his way. He's a budding superstar, in my opinion. Uh, Jalen Brown, I, I absolutely think, could be a perennial all-star in this league. Could have been an all-star last year. The numbers worked against him. But these two guys certainly are the faces of this team. Despite the fact Kemba Walker is a max player, it's it's these guys. You know, the future is now, so to speak. Are we at a point in their careers, more specifically Tatum, but both of them, are we at a point in their careers where now we can we can truly be critical of them? Where they're, you know, they're they're young vets, they've been around, they've had deep playoff runs. You know, now it you can have real conversations about what do these guys need to do better and not just chalk up mistakes or whatever else to add they're young. I agree. Um, you know, I know I was critical of Tatum after that second season because uh, although as it turned out, it was probably as much Kyrie as Tatum's mm. problem. You know, Kyrie is Kyrie. You, he's going to suck the oxygen out of the gym. You're going to see it happen down there. <laughs> but I think that Tatum grew from that. I thought last year was a tremendous comeback from that. You know, he responded. It is his, it is his team. I mean, LeBron has dubbed him the young king. So – you know, now you have to back it up. You have to get past the Eastern Conference Finals. That's now going to be on these guys for the duration of their careers until they at least get over that hump. Um, and it's very unusual to have a young pair like that that have that much playoff experience. Well, now we see have they matured to that next level. I think I think they will. And I think the thing I like about the Tristan Thompson edition is you want to surround these guys with proven veterans. If Thompson can stay healthy, that's a big piece to have in the playoffs. Uh, I think Kemba is the perfect fit for them too, because he is, he's a max player, as you say, but he's a max player who's happy to be the third option. Mm -hmm. Not going to find a lot of guys like that. He's, he's not Paul George, you know? It's uh, <laughs> he's he, that was such a great line from Doc the other day too. About <laughs> George talk, talking about the you know lack of adjustments and everything, and he wasn't Ty was there too. Role. Yeah, <laughs> Doc yeah. said, "Well, Ty's Ty loose that right next to me. I don't expect yeah, I much. I don't think change. it's going to change. Much. Yeah, I know, I know, but." But you see what I mean about Kemba, yeah. though. You know, the whole thing with him is staying healthy. Yeah. If he can stay healthy and he can get the lift, which he didn't have at the playoffs, then you've got that great third scorer. You know, I mean, I know there's been occasional talk about would it be better to have him as your sixth man. I mean, I, I actually buy into that idea. I think he might be a very good scorer off the bench. Depends on who else develops eventually. I want to see Nesmith. I mean, Nesmith, I think. Yeah. I think. Curious to see how his jump shot stands up in competition. Great. The thing about Kemba, though, that you mentioned, I think it's it's interesting. I do want to circle back to Tatum and Brown at some point, but you know, you just lost a guy in Gordon Hayward who wasn't comfortable being like a third, fourth option on a team. 
right? He want and I, I, look, I get it. I totally get it. You know, you, you, you signed up for something different, and it's not what you expected, so you leave. And it, yeah. look, it's right power to you. The thing with Kemba, just to, this person. I, I don't, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but the yeah. just to, I, I do want to say that while he wasn't obviously he wasn't mentally okay with it, and, and that's a large part of why he went to Charlotte. I don't think that ever came out on the court. No, which is no. which is, but no. but that's very different than like some of the issues they had in like eighteen nineteen. You know that right. dismal season where like guys like whether it was Rozier or Morris, like guys that on the court were not comfortable in their roles. Right. I think that Hayward, you know, at least always played the part. You know, maybe to his detriment. Yeah. I think Hayward though was more comf- uncomfortable with himself because yeah. he never seemed to get over the injury bug. Mm-hmm. He'd always hit that stretch when he was playing great, and then it would be an ankle. It would be something else. Well, and yeah, his, his whole Celtics tenure was—it's nobody's fault, but it just didn't work. No. You know? it, he he needed a, he needed a fresh beginning. You know, anyway, I, 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 I derailed us. You were saying, Evan? No, it's just—it's more about Kemba and his personality, right? You know, Kemba's the rare guy that's been there, done that in terms of, like, the collegiate level and carried his team to, like, the promised land. Like, we all remember the Big East tournament run that led into the NCAA yeah. championship run. You know, that that's not fun. Like, <laughs> like, like that's, that's just not fun to be that guy every single night. I know there's there's pride in that, but I, I don't think – I think there's more fun where you're like – I have, and, and Kev has talked about this. The nights where he's bad, yet they still win – He's totally cool with that. He's like, look, if I have to take five shots or whatever, my team still wins. I don't care. So, like, as we talk about Kemba, maybe being a sixth man, I'm not quite sure. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'm not averse to that because I thought maybe at some points maybe Gordon should, should be the sixth man coming off the bench when he came back from that injury. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have a, a the, the personality of the team, I think, is starting to really take shape. And to get back to – you know, the original point of it being Jalen and Jason's team, you know, Jason first, Jalen second, you know, the personalities seem to fit a lot better into what Brad wants, what Danny wants, and ultimately what Jason and Jalen want, right? Mm -hmm. You know, those two guys are top billing, you know, Marcus is going to fight for that third spot because this is who Marcus is. He's never going to back down. He's always going to take 15 shots and it's going to drive people crazy. Um, But it seems to me like there's more, you know, the personality of the team fits and the chemistry of the team fits way better than it ever has. And that's important when you get to the dog days of what well, now will be, you know, May. Whatever month <laughs> or it is. Yeah. Whatever month it's going to be when we get yeah. late in the season. Like, that stuff's going to matter when people know their roles. And, and like you mentioned, Jeff Teague, like he's going to come in and just placate and just be like, okay, who needs the ball where, when, why? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's going to help. And it, as long as the end game is, is making sure that Jalen and Jason mm-hmm. continue to grow and excel and do well with this team, you know, this mm-hmm. team's going to do pretty well considering the past that we've seen. Like we, this is a team that's gone to the Eastern Conference Finals three the past four years with, mm-hmm. you know, two guys, you know, 21, 22, 23, leading them the whole way, which is incredible. Yeah. It's – yeah, it's almost more important to get the right role guys than to get another star at this point. I think uh, you look at the progression. I mean, all the big free agent signings, Al, Hayward, Kyrie was a trade. Um, but their biggest moves, those guys are gone. And mm-hmm. the draft picks 
are the ones that are still here. So this, this is basically how the plan has gone. You know, this is what they've been planning for. They got, they made a couple of good picks with those choices. Agreed. Yeah. I'm just, uh, the one thing that I kind of keep coming back to and, and going back to Hayward, and I'm, I'm not even talking about the TPE. Everybody wants to talk about the TPE. Look, we don't, we don't have an answer on the trader player exception and we won't for a while, you know, not before the trade deadline, I'd have to imagine maybe not before next off season. So, and maybe never <laughs> until the answer becomes, yeah. he didn't use it. Hopefully that's not the case, but you know, and, and people want to get into the, who would fit and who's, who's the right guy. Just everybody conversation. Yeah. The answer is <laughs> everybody. Who fits in a certain salary bracket. I yeah. won't waste your time with that unless, of course, you have any inside information to give us, in which case, you know, people would love to hear. But my question, you know, surrounding Gordon Hayward in general is losing Hayward. And I am of the camp. I know we've had people on this show, Sean Devaney comes to mind, who think that, you know, losing Hayward's not a big deal. He was redundant to the roster anyway. He got in the way of the Jays and in terms of just, you know, their production. So see you later. What I, I, I'm on the other side of that. I think that he was, when healthy, which is very rare, mind you, when he was healthy, when he was right, he was a very important piece of this club in terms of, you know, being a two-way player and, and moving the ball and offensively a playmaker, obviously could defend multiple positions. He, he was efficient as, I mean, as efficient as some players have been in, in NBA history with regard to the actual usage he had and the shot volume and that sort of thing. So all of that in mind, you know, I, I look at, I've said this so many times, but I look at Thompson and Teague clear upgrades over Cantor and Wanamaker. But what the Celtics didn't do is replace a Gordon Hayward in terms of what he brought you. And I'm not even factoring in the injuries to start the season because that's a whole other thing. I guess what I'm wondering is, given that they didn't do that, where does that production come from? Where does, where does that presence come from? Is it something that in the scope of the Eastern conference and where this team fits, does that worry you? Yeah, I think they have to add a shooter. Um, Right now you're going to see a lot of the rookies, which is great for the early part, but you know, they're, they're going to need, they need that power off the bench. And, And that's something you could pick up with, at TPE, you know, that's, uh, they're not going to use the whole thing. I mean, I can't possibly see them using the whole thing. Can you? Well, it'd have to be it's, on a guy that makes, you know, that's a huge $26 million. Dollars, a big oh, number. Well. <laughs> nope. No, thanks. <laughs> Been there, done that. Enjoy. Okay. CL. Yeah. Um, no, but, but there are, you know, it's not a Beal. obviously he's priced out of that. And also Washington's not trading him, but there are, um, I'm trying to think of what guys are, are available at, at close I mean, to that. I mean, you, you, you got guys, guys like Marcus Aldridge, DeRozan. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, Giannis before the succession kicks in, will fit that mold. But you know, I, I none of those. DeRozan, maybe Golden Gordon and Porter and guys like that. I would monitor the Houston situation though, because I feel like Fertitta is right for you know once Harden moves, everybody's everybody's game, and. That's just the dom- the, la- the big domino that has to fall before you know, the leaves start shaking and, and you know all of a sudden all these guys are in different places. I mean the thing that the thing I'll say with this TPE is it allows Danny Ainge to kind of be at his best and be opportunistic, right? Where he gets to sit back, scan the landscape after a couple of months and say, okay, who's ready to deal? Who's who's selling, right? Who's trying to you know set themselves up in the future? And I think Houston is 
absolutely ripe for that. I think Sacramento, another team that might be ripe for that. You know, a team that's just saying, you know what, we're totally screwed here. We might as well hit the reset button and, and try again. And and I'm yeah, I look west because there's so many teams contending right now in the West. Mm-hmm. But after a couple of months, you're going to see the you know the dust fall. And I mean, obviously, the Lakers, Clippers, you know, the Denver Nuggets are going to be way up there. But there's going to be some teams that are looking in saying, you know, you know, we we don't have it. Like a team like New Orleans, they're going to buy. They're going to want to get into that threshold. There's going to be teams that have been there for a bit, like a San Antonio, that might want to sell and, and, and maneuver their roster a couple different ways. And that's where Danny's going to sit there and say, all right, that's the guy. Like, I agree with Mark. It's not going to be a superstar. They're not going to grab a superstar of that TPE. It's going to be a, a role player at that, that their bench desperately needs. Maybe it's the Clippers and Lou Williams. I don't know. But there's somebody out there that Danny's going to be able to say, that's the guy I need. You know, we'll figure out what compensation works, but we'll be able to absorb them into our cap with that TPE, and it will really make our team a lot better. You almost get the sense that the Clippers situation is unraveling. It will continue to unravel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Sacramento. I, they are perennially a seller. They, they, <laughs> you know, you can, you know, they've had trouble with Buddy, for example. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the guy you want, but he's certainly a guy who can get hot in a hurry, and that's sort of what the Celtics could use in reserve. Yeah. Less he just of obviously becomes one of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's for sure. Nor, nor yeah. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, um, yeah. You know, since we were talking about Hayward only for a sec, uh, I, I don't want to go through all the ups and downs of, of everything that we've already been over so many times about the trade and what happened, what didn't happen. What I'm wondering, and I, I, would ask very few people this question, but you're on the list. As someone who reported quite a bit on that saga and, you know, the sign and trade and, you know, what Hayward did or didn't want to do and exploring his options and all that stuff. I'm curious if there's anything that you can share that you just happen to know from your sources was flat out wrong versus some of the stuff that was reported along the way. Because I think there are a lot of questions people still have about how all of that unfolded in order of operations and all of that. I honestly don't think he knew. I think he had a lot of trouble making his mind up. Um, You know, this thing with Charlotte had been brewing since he signed an offer sheet with them the first time, Mm. but the place he wanted to go was Indiana. He wanted to go home. Um, And then Danny just did not like what he was getting back. But I, I think, but I think Hayward was he, – he, part of him was going to go back to Boston too. I don't think he was dead set on leaving. He just, he just didn't know he, – he didn't know how to make up his mind. The same thing happened when he signed with the Celtics yeah. in Utah, and he writes two different stories for the Sports Tribune, one signing to go to the Celtics, the other staying back at Utah, and by the end of writing – all of this and going through this uh, this cathartic experience, he finally decided, "Oh, okay, I'll become a Celtic." He, he he just he I don't I think he's a kind of an indecisive human being. I don't, and I think that you know he could have gone a variety of ways with this. Fair enough. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's tough um, with Gordon. I mean, I wish it just it shook out better. It just didn't, and. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you see, did yeah. you see the first promo shot of him in a Hornets 
uniform? I, I saw the donut thing where he likes donuts and like Borrego likes donuts, and that's like they're gonna be their link. And I'm like, I'm like, this isn't my problem with Gordon though, Mark. And I'll be honest, the, the thing that does that I don't get, I get why he signed with Charlotte, 120 million dollars over four years. Right. Like, I mean, come on, let's be honest. Like, that's that's nice. It's a nice piece of change. Yeah. The thing I don't get about the Charlotte thing is, where are they? Like, what oh, are they? They're, are they competing now? Are they competing later? What well, is the plan? Well, well, they don't know. What are they going to do about their backcourt? That's my big question about them. I mean, you know, they've got the Rook ball, and Darius Garland was a really nice player. They got Terry Rozier. I mean, you know, you know, there's going to be some unhappiness in that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to come from Rozier. I mean, it's yeah. just, he's, <laughs> because it always it, does. Yeah. Well, no, like, Rozier and Gordon can get along. There, there are reports of that, right? That Rozier and Hayward have yeah. maybe a butt heads a couple of times back in when. I, I, again, I just don't. I don't. I, I just don't get it. The fit. I just don't. I get the money. Totally get it. The fit. Okay. Like Gordon's going to no man's. Like you're going to compete for the eighth seed. What? What is the point of that? Well, and I don't know. You know, it, it was a problem for him when he was here dealing with pressure, not his fault because of the injuries. But it's a it's not as pressurized a situation down there. What well, that gets to my, my like hot take that I've been like kind of had on ice for a bit and I've been kind of building it. Yeah, I wanted to and make sure you got got this out before we ran out of time. Right. Well, so my, my, my hot take on Gordon is Gordon Hayward is not a winner. Yeah. Uh. And, oh, that's not the hot take I was expecting. <laughs> no, my hot take. My hot take is Gordon. Go back to him in high school. Like he wins a, a state championship in high school, so it's it's really tough, like difficult to kind of like build this thing. But when you look at what he was offered, he's offered a spot at Michigan, he's offered a spot at Purdue, then he's offered a spot at Butler, and he takes kind of the easy way out with Butler, right? You go to Michigan, there's going to be you know some guys you have to compete with in terms of D1 legit talent. You go to Purdue, that Purdue team, if you go back to Matt Painter's squad, that's a stacked Purdue team. They have each one more, Jawan Johnson, um, and a couple other guys that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. I had it written down. But he foregoes both of those teams, which would have, you know, actual aspirations to win a title. He picks Butler, right? Because he's used to it. It's comfortable for him. But, you know, at the time, I think that he signed, I don't think anyone was penciling Butler to go make the Final Four or go to the NCAA championship game, okay? I don't think anybody saw that coming, which is the beauty of Brad Stevens. And if you go back to that tournament run, right, who did they beat to get to the championship game? I can tell you one of the teams they beat was Adam and I Syracuse squad, which was missing Arenze Onowaku on that team, who was their, you know, all Big East center, uh, tore his ACL against Georgetown. And that team was never the same. I mean, they, they lacked depth and size, especially, you know, in the middle of that 2-3 zone. And they got, you know, beat by a, a well-coached, a tough-ass Butler team. They go to the title game, you know, and things don't go well. If Gordon hits the shot, then we don't have this conversation. But it goes to Utah, right? Doesn't really sniff anything. I mean, they, they don't really do anything of any significance at all while he's there. They were also Utah. Like, I mean, well, this is my point. didn't win anything. But you go to Utah, does nothing happens. You have, you're wavering between Utah and Boston and Miami. Like Miami, you know, they've had a lot of success recently, right, with Pat Riley. They've won championships. Boston, of course, notoriously, you know, 17 titles. 
and you're waffling between those two and Utah, which is his home, fine, but a lot less pressure in Utah. Comes to Boston, I think, basically because of Brad Stevens. And then now he goes to Charlotte. Like, where is your head at? What it, like, is what's most important to you? Is winning, winning most important to you? That's what it feels like to me with Gordon. And, like, and you hear this all the time. You have to sacrifice to win titles. You have to sacrifice certain things. Like Chris Bosh is one of my favorite examples. You think Chris Bosh loved being the third man in Miami? No, he didn't. However, he understood I have to take the backest of back seats for LeBron and Dwayne Wade so we can win a title. Same, and, thing. Same thing with Ray Allen in 08. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you got- he sacrificed his game. Um, and as Adam was saying, Gordon never showed any dissatisfaction with that on the floor because he's wired to do what he was doing. But be curious to see if his, uh, how much his shots increase. Is he going to start trying to carry the offense down there? He better. (laughs) What what the hell did they bring him in for otherwise? I mean, you know, he's not sure that's entirely him though, to be the guy like that. He's going well, I mean, he, well, to have to be what he was that last year in Utah. That's, right. that's I think, you know, I, I don't know if his body's going to cooperate with that. That's a whole other thing. But right. I think I think that's what Michael Jordan attempted to sign anyway. Right. I think he attempted to bring in last year of Utah, Gordon Hayward, who right. was an all-star in the West, who was still incredibly efficient, who gave you whatever it was, 23, 24 points a game. The shots were higher, you know, whatever other numbers as well. I think that's what he's looking for. I, I think he's looking for a Hayward that's going to come. And the thing is, though, he is such a good shooter that he doesn't need to take 20-plus shots a night to give you 24 points a game. You know, he can take 16 or 17 shots and and spread the ball around around that. And I, and I, I think he, again, as long as he's healthy, I think he will. One thing, uh, one thing Brad said last week – is that Gordon needs the ball in his hands a lot to really feel involved. Mm-hmm. We'll get that down there. He wasn't getting that with Tatum and Brown and Kemba and so forth. So, you know, he he needs to get himself into some kind of a groove. But, you know, one image that stands out in my head with him as a Celtic is just how often he double-clutched at the rim, just missed open mm-hmm. shots and pressurized situations. He he just had a crisis of confidence after the injury, and he never got it back here. That, that's yeah. what he's going to do. He's really got to get it back down there. And maybe, you know, if he is, is plays as big a role as it seems like he's going to play, maybe that's what he needs to get it back. Yeah. Yeah, I would assume with Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, uh, LaMelo Ball, and whatever they have for – I don't even know – is Frank Kaminsky still down there? I, I have no, no idea. Right. No, he's a son, right? Yeah, that's right. I think so. He just signed yeah. there. But they, with the way you know, you have Cody Zeller down there. I mean, it has to be the Gordon Hayward show, and I'm happy for him. Trust me. But like, but you know, not, yeah. But it's you're not. They're not going to make the playoffs. No. And I, again, the point is just comes back to the money with me and Gordon, and that's fine. There's nothing. Yeah. I will not, especially in this particular climate. I am not going to get offended if somebody picks money over something else because that's financial security for your family is ginormous. I mean, especially right now. So power to him. It's interesting that both him and Horford reached the their player option years and the Celtics realized that neither guy was worth their money anymore. 
What do you do? You look into that a little bit more than anybody else does, Mark. It seems like people want to put that as like a, oh, the Celtics have trouble retaining free agents, like star level free agents. But they were all different. Uh, You know, Al. I I think Al. This has always been his desire, and he's never got it. He doesn't want to be a center. Well, in the modern NBA, that's who you are. You know. Yeah. But he 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 was looking forward to being a power forward with Embiid, and then they just didn't work at all. Um, but, and then it was the money. The Celtics weren't going to pay him that. He wasn't worth that kind of dough anymore. Same thing with Hayward. They weren't going to pay him that much. They would have gone in the low 20s with him per year. And I, I Well, think- there was that uh, there was that report. They offered him $100 million, right? Yeah, they, they, they were willing to average somewhere around 23. But, you know, he could get more. He mm-hmm. could, uh, you know, that's – so it's a mixture of things. Kyrie, Kyrie is just a, you know – Good good luck, Brooklyn. What, what, what are you going to say about that? I, I don't I – don't, I'm, I'm doing something very positive this year. I am not focusing any energy on Kyrie Irving at all whatsoever anymore. <laughs> I'm not. It's not. It's not worth your time. It's not. And I plead to all Celtics fans to like, let him do his thing, and let him have fun, and and not talk to the media or whatever he wants to do. Just don't waste your energy worrying about it. It's really not worth it anymore. It's yeah. not. Evan's taking a a year long Lent approach to he's giving up Kyrie Irving. Right. I I love watching him play basketball. I just can't stand the other stuff that comes along with it, Mark. My my question about him is, you know, so he's obviously prepared to just give his money to tra- to charity every other week when he gets when he gets fined for not talking is he going to have his accountant try and write it off now as a charity have to going to have to no mm-hmm. I don't have any problems with that that's, 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 just, that's just being responsible with your money yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, folks, preseason begins on Tuesday 7:30 in Philadelphia and then Friday at the Garden against Brooklyn. <laughs> Take the odds on whether Kyrie Irving's going to play in that one. But I'm going to say empty gym, there's a better chance of it. Than, well, uh, obviously, if the fans were there. And Christmas, too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, can, we get, can we get that online uh, to put an odd up for whether Kyrie plays this time? Because I bet you, I guarantee you he plays. I guarantee it. Bet online lets you create your own lines. I, I guarantee it. Remember the, uh, remember the commercial with his dad shooting around? Oh, yeah. Well, that was an empty building. That's why he felt so comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be a blast for him. Once again, this show is brought to you by Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag today for your exclusive sign-up bonus. We could do more on Kyrie. We won't in the interest of time <laughs> and other people's sanity yeah. out there. Uh, probably spent more time on Hayward than we planned, but that's okay. It's interesting stuff. We didn't get to – uh, Evan's other hot take about the rookies. We'll save that for next week. But uh, this is this has all been good, Mark. Really appreciate you oh, hopping sure. on. Uh, we, we will do it again for sure. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Have a great holiday. All right. Sure. There's Merv from the Herald for Evan. I am Adam, and uh, yeah, next time we chat, folks, it'll be in the wake of at least one preseason game, and maybe on the cusp of the start of the season. Should be fun. Be good. Take care.